The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What a weird week, huh? Man, it's a weird week. It just doesn't still feel, and I don't know when it will. Trying to figure out the right way to approach any of this stuff. And what I what I think I came up with at about 3 or 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon is that when it comes to the Kobe Bryant stuff, and when I say stuff, I just mean everything, all-encompassing, that the way I want, that the way I, I want to do this, not that my way is any better than anybody else's way, but it's just the way I want to do it, and so you guys are sort of stuck with me on it, is when my Twitter timeline and news feeds, when they stop being all about Kobe, that's probably when we can go back to normal. Because there's a certain law of averages that applies with all things. But believe it or not, it actually applies with grieving and news stories as well. And at some point, there are always going to be people at both ends of the bell curve that either the far left end didn't want to grieve at all, the far right end, I'm going to grieve for a very, very long time. But the bulk of us will end up somewhere in the middle. And that will be evident, that will display itself in the amount of things related to this tragedy that we see in our day-to-day. And on Monday, it was very much still a big, big part of the day. I found myself just twisted up in knots for most of Monday as well. As additional tributes came out, I don't know if you guys saw the Tracy McGrady appearance on the jump from Monday but if that doesn't just break your damn heart. And I can't say go see it because I don't know that I would wish that on somebody. Because we all deal with this in a different way. Sometimes it's sometimes it's nice to, to sort of immerse yourself in the sadness for a little bit. Sometimes it's good to distract yourself from the sadness a little bit. ESPN, of course, airing Kobe's final game on Monday evening. The 60-point performance in a win over the Jazz. And I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. We all have our ways. We all have our limits. So with that in mind, for the podcast, my hope here is that today's show will be still somewhat Kobe-centric, and then maybe we start to ease back into a modicum of normalcy by tomorrow's show. We'll see. I really don't know that. I really don't know that any of the five shows this week are going to be normal. I'm betting that by next week, the podcast will basically be back to the way it was. I mean, everything, nothing will ever truly be back the way it was. But for our intents and purposes, for most of us here, this wasn't a guy we knew. This was someone that impacted our lives in a different way. And we're all sort of figuring out where it goes from there. So with that, uh, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a short show. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you you stumbled upon it because the word Kobe Bryant was in the description, you're, you're probably not getting the show that you expected. This is a fantasy basketball show. And at some point over the next couple of minutes, we are going to break down the results from the six-game Monday card and prep ourselves for the eight-game Tuesday card. 
and talk about any ads or drops or anything that comes up in that respect. But from a from a traditional tribute standpoint, there's nothing I can say that anybody else can't. Other than to say the following, no matter how much this impacted you, and I'll, I'll say this for myself, way more than I thought it would. I, I just, I never expect to be this significantly punched from the loss of somebody that I've never met in my life. But it has certainly been, it's been a big thing for me these last couple of days. I'm guessing it has been for many of you as well. The one thing I can say that is pervasive, that will, that applies in almost every scenario, this one being one of them, is that every day it'll just get a tiny bit easier. I've said this to many people. I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anybody that you should talk to with your problems. In fact, I'm the opposite. I try to solve them. I'm a problem solver, and generally people get annoyed because they're like, why don't you just listen to me? I'm like, well, I can't. feels like I'm running in place. makes me crazy. For loss in particular. Infinitesimally easier every day. And it's never it's never a perfect line, but the best fit line is up. It's positive. A week from now it'll feel easier than it did a week in the past. Another week after that it'll be a tiny bit easier. And two months down the line, you you'll find yourself that going a couple days at a time without even thinking about something like this that happened. But right now, in the moment, it sure doesn't seem that way. So you just take it a day at a time, an hour at a time if you're really hurting. Maybe try not to overdo it, you know. You don't have to subject yourself to all the saddest things that are out there. And uh, sure enough, in time, those of us, at least that are not knee-deep in it, my God, the family, but the rest of us that can do a little bit of the outside-looking-in thing, and it's, it's not fair that we have that privilege, but we do, it'll get easier. It'll get easier. Quicker than for some. The thing that's killing me about this whole tragedy is, number one, multiple children were on that helicopter. Children. Kids just going to play a bas- youth basketball game. Not that losing adults isn't sad, but geez. Kids. Born in 2006. It's crazy. Many of us were out of college already. I mean, this is like... Anyway. Um, so that's still obviously at the, the front of our minds as we launch into another episode of Fantasy NBA Today. As I've mentioned, this will be a short one. We're going to shoot for a half an hour. This will be a quickie. Just get you in, get you out, get you ready for your next day of fantasy stuff, and then we'll try to regain our... a little bit more of a measure of, of normalcy by... Tomorrow, maybe the end of the week, that's might be our target here. I apologize. Honestly, I really do. I, you know, this is not something you guys were looking for, I imagine, with the Fantasy Basketball Podcast, so hopefully this wasn't overwhelming. I'm Dan Baspris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. Hoop-ball.com is the website, at hoopballfantasy, at hoopballtweets. And, of course, my Twitter handle is my name, Dan Baspris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just search for Dan from Hoopball couple things that uh, I'm going to cover at some point on today's show. I won't tell you when, but one of the big ones, of course, is our running contest for you guys to win cold, hard cash. I'll tell you how at the midway point of today's episode. And, um, yeah, that might be the only thing I promo on today's show. We're, we're keeping this one lean. 
This will be a lean one. But let's dive right on in. We've done enough with our opener here where we can look at some of the numbers. Games are strange right now, and this is very much ties into the Kobe news. Cleveland beat Detroit by 15 on the road. Kevin Love, 20-7. and seven. Tristan Thompson. You almost feel like, like going into this game, you just knew the way that it's been, at least, is the guys that have known that have been most connected to the sad news have actually been the guys going out there and putting on these emotional performances. And sure enough, Larry Nance Jr., he got his 24 minutes, 10-5, and five, three assists, a steal, two blocks. He was great. He's been trending up in a big, big way. Must-own guy with huge potential upside if anybody in front of him gets moved, but he's playing more than well enough to be started right now. Otherwise, just a, a kind of an ugly game for Detroit. They were without Derrick Rose, who's been kind of their rock, at least on the offensive end lately, and without him, they shot 45% against a terrible Cavs defense, struggled to score, and got beat handily. Drummond had 15-8, and eight, four assists, three steals, two blocks. He was decent enough, but not very good by his standards. Don Maker, meh. Reggie Jackson, he played 25 minutes and did stuff, but it wasn't enough. Sekou Dumbuya, 36 minutes, eight points, four boards, two blocks. The minutes were there, which is obviously a big positive for the young fella. And then Christian Wood, 20 minutes, eight points, six boards, one steal, and one block. And the story there continues to be this Detroit team, there's no consistency. All these fringy guys, Markeith Morris, he's getting in there and he's just chucking up shots and he's not making very many of them. Mikeson Galloway's been seeing a few more minutes lately. Bruce Brown is back. His minutes have been trending up, but not enough to be a difference maker. I don't think you guys care about my thoughts on every individual player. You probably just say, Dan, tell me what to do. Here's what you do. Derrick Rose, Andre Drummond, obviously must own guys. Christian Wood got an extra couple of minutes in this game because it was a blowout. He only played eight minutes in the first half and was doing nothing, so we got a little bit lucky on that front. Missed a couple of free throws as well, which is always going to be a little bit of a thing with him, a 70 percenter. Obviously, he's a guy you can stash at this point because the trade deadline is nine days away. That's nothing. That's nothing. It's next Thursday. Which reminds me, we got to get all of our stuff set up for a big live show. That's so much fun. That's my favorite day of the year. Yeah, you're stashing him at this point, and you can probably start him in the interim because if he's playing... 17 minutes, he's going to be bad, but he's going to be enough to where it's not killing you, and anything over that is just a, sort of inching towards real fantasy value. Reggie Jackson, to me, is more of a points league option. As you saw in this one, he's really just not a passing guard. He'll bungle his way into five assists every once in a while, but for the most part, he's going to be in that three to four range as more of a scoring guard, playing point guard, and so I, I think, actually, you might see him play next to Derrick Rose for stretches because... Rose has shown himself to be a better distributor, which is cool. I mean, that actually floats his value a tiny bit. Better assist numbers because he's not hitting threes for you. Derek has been doing it with efficiency. And you throw in an extra assist or two, maybe that's a good thing. So Reggie Jackson, more of a points league option. And then the rest of these guys, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. If Luke Kennard ever plays again, you could probably scoop him up. There's plenty of minutes available for him, especially on a, in an offensively challenged team. So Drummond, yes, obviously. Uh, Derrick Rose, yes. Christian Wood, stash, yes, at this point. 
but I'm still not convinced that Andre Drummond is going anywhere. Maybe he'll go on, on trade deadline morning. That'd be a fun way to start our show. Maker, no. Brown, no. Galloway, no. Reggie Jackson, points league. Keefe, no. Dumbuya, eh, not really. I mean, the minutes are there, as I've said. Probably you could put a spot for him and just see what happens the rest of the year, but there's no guarantee. Svi, no. And then I know someone named Lewis King played in this game. I think you know my feelings on that. Orlando got smoked in Miami. Bam Adebayo triple-doubled in this game. Jimmy Butler was solid. They shot 53%. So, yeah, a lot of guys had pretty good games. Duncan Robinson, 21 points on six three-pointers, and then everybody else split the remaining tiny portions of food. And that's the way it's been. Bam, Jimmy, and Duncan. When this team gets healthy, and there wasn't even a Kendrick Nunn in this one, but when they get healthy and as they inch towards full health, they're a a three-horse operation. Nice to see Jimmy Butler play through whatever the hell made him questionable for this ballgame. Vooch managed to salvage his line with some threes, uh, four assists, a steal, and a block, but mo- not a great line uh, for a guy who had been pushing along at second-round value lately. Markel Fultz, 12-7. and seven. He hasn't really taken the reins on this opportunity with DJ Augustine out for a while. He had that one huge ball game, and then otherwise it's been... A relatively quiet set of circumstances for him. His his game just isn't translating yet. It's nice to see him with success, but he's a 150 guy over the last month on 12, 5, and 5 with one and a half steals. And if I just told you that, you'd be like, oh, bonus. But medium volume, 43% from the field, 73 low volume at the foul line, two turnovers, no blocks, no three-pointers. There's just too many holes in his game. He's basically a glorified Alfred Payton right now. Their games are very similar at the time we are currently discussing. I don't know what that means for a month from now even. But right now, from a fantasy perspective, they're putting up the same kind of lines. Fultz scoring a little bit better. Evan Fournier had a cold one. Terrence Ross had a cold one. Aaron Gordon. They're all cold ones. And that's the story for the Magic. They're just not interesting. We heard Willie Cauley-Stein was active for Dallas, but he didn't play in this road game at Oklahoma City. As I expected when I talked about his situation on yesterday's podcast, I thought, well, you know, they'll probably ease him in. This is a team that's in a playoff chase. They're not going to just goof around with a guy just because they have him. I do think that as he gets in there, he's going to put a pretty big dent into a wing player. It's not going to be a straight one-to-one thing where, you know, Maxi Kleba loses his minutes. I think you'll probably see... Willie Cauley-Stein play alongside Porzingis and alongside Kleba because he's effectively, looking at this roster, outside of Boban, kind of the only guy that really wants to play right in front of the rim. I know there are guys, you know, Lucas can obviously drive and get to the rim. DeLon Wright is not a shooter per se. But in terms of big men, guys that are attacking the rim, that are going to, that are roll men on pick and roll, he's kind of the only one. So, guys like Seth Curry who are playing more right now, DeLon Wright is playing a lot more right now. I think those actually are the guys that lose minutes as Willie Cauley-Stein gets worked into the mix. In the meantime, DeLon Wright is outstanding. He's crushing things right now. In his high-minute role, as we always knew, he's just a dominant fantasy force. What are the minutes going to look like as Willie Cauley-Stein ramps up? That I, I can't say for sure. But what I can say is that Right now, he's a terrific fantasy option. 
He'll get you points, rebounds, assists, steals. Steals have been oddly low lately, but he'll do it on good percentages in both departments. I see almost no format where he wouldn't be useful right now. Just trying to figure out where the, you know, the, the big hole, I guess, in his game is he doesn't usually hit the three-pointer. He hit two in this one. Figure that out. So I would stop the podcast right now and go make sure that he's not available in your league. Oklahoma City was without Chris Paul for this ball game. He was effectively on bereavement. Personal reasons, but they, they made it public that he was grieving. This was a game missed because of the Kobe situation. So obviously it's still playing a massive, massive role in everything that's going on in the NBA, and it's why we can't ignore it right now. No CP3 meant more Dennis Schroeder, but they just, you know, they the offense sputtered without their captain. Nice to see New Orleans Noel play, so that's cool. If you can still trade for him, I would certainly do so. But I wouldn't take much away from this OKC game. Can you believe, I mean, oh boy. Can you believe that the first game Chris Paul missed all season long, this was the reason? What a gross thing to happen. What an absolutely disgusting thing. We were all worried about his durability. How many how many hamstring pulls are there going to be over the course of this year? Why, why would we ever draft someone who's going to definitely miss six weeks with a little thing? And there's still time for that, but first missed game, January 27th, because his good buddy passed away. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow, man, for so many reasons. Sacramento, a 25-point comeback against the hapless Timberwolves, led by Nemanja Bialica and Buddy Heald. Of all people. De'Aaron Fox still having issues at the free throw line. Otherwise, he had a really nice ball game. Bogdan Bogdanovic is in the starting lineup now, and he has taken the role of Buddy Heald as guy who has trouble shooting alongside the other starters. And Heald, in the second unit, is just going bananas. Just running up on teams, getting out into the open court a little bit more. So he's having fun. Very much a sell high, by the way. 42 points and nine three-pointers. If you can go get a top 40 guy, you do it. Nemanja Bialica, he's got all the runway in the universe. They love this dude, man. There is absolutely no guarantee that even when this team is totally healthy, he won't have a giant role. 20 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, two steals, four blocks, four three-pointers, seven out of 10 shooting, and two for two at the free throw line. He has been unreal in fantasy. Just amazing. He's number 55 in nine category leagues in 46 games played. That's among the tops in the NBA. What a remarkable thing. And this is why you you rarely make preemptive drops on guys because as this team was getting healthy before, he seemed like the definite guy to get thrown into the, the wood chipper. Not only did he sort of survive that initial push, but then everybody got hurt again. He's number 39 by totals, and we're at almost in February. Remarkable. Anyway, nothing really changes for the Kings. Kent Bazemore played well in 21 minutes, though, so that was interesting. But still, you know, I'm going to see it. need to see a hell of a lot more than that. On the Minnesota side, Andrew Wiggins finally got it going. He'd been in a prolonged shooting slump, so that was good to see. Rob Covington had a good ball game. Shabazz Napier played pretty well again. 
He's managing to do just... Now, he missed a bunch of free throws in this game, but he's managing to do just enough with two steals, a block, and a couple of three balls to float the assist specialist tag that I gave him. And right now, he's an assist specialist... I, th- I mean, I actually gave him the free throw specialist before he clangs a bunch in this ball game. But, you know, again, six shots in 31 minutes. He's doing it in a really low usage role, which means at some point this is going to level off and he's still going to mostly be an assist specialist. But as noted before, we're in that ROI part of the season where there's a place for that on some fantasy teams. So, yeah, absolutely. I would not be upset with you if you used Shabazz Napier. It's not, there really is no... There are a handful of guys at this point where I'd just be like, nope, 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 can't, not going to do it. Like, doesn't belong on any fantasy roster. With a lot of guys, you could make an argument for their presence on your roster. Guys playing, almost anybody playing starters minutes, you could say, Dan, this is a guy that makes sense for my team. And I'd say, fine, cool. My job on this podcast is basically just to point out really interesting things and what they might mean for fantasy. San Antonio blew a lead in Chicago. This is a bad look. They were without LaMarcus Aldridge. Hashtag thumb stuff. Patty Mills at 25. DeMar DeRozan. I mean, you knew he was going to have to do a lot, and it was not quite enough. Jakob Pertl, stellar fill-in job. And if Aldridge misses any more time, Pertl is a must-start guy. But obviously they missed Aldridge, and they got nothing out of their point guards in this game. Both DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Horrible. We'll cut Derek White some slack. He's been fantastic lately. He had eight blocks in the two previous games, so figure he'll bounce back in the next one. For Chicago, Chris Dunn was solid, particularly on the defensive side. Sadoransky had a decent one, but not great. Luke Cornett, signs of life. Against a more traditional big man like Jakob Pertl, they had to go big on the Chicago side. Zach Levine, inefficient. Denzel Valentine played well, and Thad Young was fine. I mean, the funny thing about Chicago is they scored 110 points, and I almost couldn't tell you where they came from. Really a well-rounded fantasy game for the Bulls, but that also meant that none of their guys went big. And then finally, the Zombie Rockets went into Utah and played their butts off. Eric Gordon had 43 points with everybody on the shelf. Daniel House double-doubled. I mean, you knew that someone else, this is the ultimate in injured star theory type stuff. Utah took them lightly, and then Houston came in and just went bombs away. Bombs away! P.J. Tucker was useful. House was useful. Austin Rivers was useful. Hell, even Tabo Cephalosha was borderline useful. I assume DFS players went, went totally nuts with Rockets with both Russ and Harden out. So much usage. Oh, my goodness. And then with Utah, you know, it's constantly the the what-the-hell-is-Mike-Conley-doing situation. And I'll tell you what, for as awful as his line was, there were a lot of signs of life for Conley. Highest minute total since he's been back from his hamstring injury. Uh, I don't think this was his highest scoring total. I think he hit, didn't he hit double figures in one game since he came back? I'll double-check myself on Yeah, he had 14 in that second game back. But this is the first time he's ever gotten up in the... I shouldn't say ever. First time he's gotten up into the 20s since returning. I know he had five turnovers. I know he missed a bunch of free throws. There's a lot of reasons to not be thrilled about this game. But there are also an equal number of reasons to say, okay, the arrow's finally pointed in the right direction. He's a must-own player, which... You know, I, I know that that's sort of a 
goofy way to phrase for a guy who's been that horrible. But as the arrow continues to be pointed up for Conley, he absolutely positively needs to be on a fantasy team because if he trends back into the 30-minute range, you know he'll be fine. He will be. He just got to get up to the right number of minutes. The usage was better in this ballgame. Getting to the foul line, normally a good thing for him. He's a good foul shooter. And so Utah, for the first time in a long time, this last week, week and a half, they actually have a fantasy angle worth looking at. Shout out to my guys over at Hoop Ball Gaming. At Hoop Ball Gaming. Spurs covered. Kings covered. The leans of the Heat and the Dallas won. Not that you had to play those. And they split their their hockey picks today. But just another dynamite day for the guys at Hoop Ball Gaming. You guys really need to get on board with this. And the beauty part of it is, yeah, I mean, you could just... I mean, you could just play their picks. I have no problem with that. I'm always, I've always been a guy who really prefers to understand why somebody's doing something, and that's what the podcast is for. The show is called Today in Sports Betting. You can find it wherever podcasts are distributed. And if you're going to listen to the pod, and if you're going to tell these guys, you got to do it at mybookie.ag. You knew where I was going with this. Why? For one, they're the best online book. Bar none. Great odds, incredible customer service, and a fantastic promo we've told you about a thousand times. The word is today. The promo code is today, T-O-D-A-Y. And the most important recent reason is that if you do that right now and tweet us or email us a screen grab of your initial deposit, We'll enter you in a contest for Hoop Ball to pay for your initial deposit up to $200. If you drop 50 bucks into your account, use the promo code today. They'll give you an extra 25 bucks. It's a 50% bonus. You'd screen grab that, shoot it our way. We'll put you in the contest for a chance to win 50 bucks. You put 150 bucks in your account. Use the promo code today. They'll give you an extra 75 bucks. Tweet us or email us the screen grab. And you'll be in a contest to win 150 bucks. We're giving up. We're giving away 200 dollars in total. You might as well get yourself in the running. And here's another great reason why. How many people are going to enter a contest like this? 10, 20, 30? You have incredible odds of actually winning the contest. How do I know this is the case? Hoopball Gaming has 600 followers on Twitter. That's the maximum number of people at this point, that could probably tail this contest. And it's not going to be that high because it takes effort to enter this contest. You actually have to take a screen, grab an email it, or tweet it to us. Who you tweet it to, I don't care. Me, Hoopball, Hoopball Gaming, Hoopball Tweets, Hoopball Fantasy, at Dan Bespris, whatever. We'll all we'll find it if you send it to any of those spots. Email it, if that's easier for you, to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The contest ends today. That's also the promo code again. So do it now. Get your account set up. Put 50 bucks in there. Send us the screen grab or whatever it is. Put in 100 bucks. Put 200 bucks. I don't give a crap what you put in. But get your bonus money. Tail our guys. Listen to the pod. And then win it. We'll bankroll you. If you win the contest, you get bankrolled. Pretty sweet. It's so funny, man. Those When a superstar is down, just the, just the best angle. 
You just, no one ever sees it coming. It's like the line from, ah, geez. Which Jim Carrey movie is that? Didn't even see it coming. Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Tuesday card, January the 28th. Knicks at Hornets. Welcome back to the States, to the Charlotte Hornets. Do you think they sent the Charlotte Hornets because both their city and their team name could be pronounced with a terrible French accent? The Charlotte Hornets? Hornets? You're going to say, no, Dan, they also sent the Milwaukee Bucks. Whatever. I know I'm an idiot. Nothing really going on in this fantasy game. You guys know how much I dislike the Charlotte Hornets fantasy prospects, but you can keep an eye on uh, Malik Monk, see if his minutes are trending up or not. P.J. Washington trending down. Is Marvin Williams trending up? I don't know what the hell is going on with that team, but we'll watch them. Knicks, we got a good feel for. Warriors, Marquise Chris, if he gets another start, which I reckon he will, he has a really interesting fantasy game. I think I'm on the outs with Damian Lee at this point, as I mentioned on the last show as well. Philly, you can play Tybul if you want. Matisse Tybul, he's a steals and block specialist and don't expect anything else. Atlanta, Toronto. Nothing on the Atlanta side outside of our usual fare. Toronto, it's the continuing saga of does Freddie Van Fleet's 40 minutes a game ruin the fantasy value of OGN and Obi Serge Ibaka and or Norman Powell? And so far... What, we've, what we're sitting on going into this ballgame is, yes, OG's been ruined. No, Norman Powell has not been ruined. And, eh, Serge Ibaka might be. Boston-Miami? Uh, I don't know if Ennis Cantor might be back for this ballgame. Even if he's not, Daniel Tice is your guy right now. He's cruising. Miami coming off a blowout win, so hopefully they'll be uh, well-rested enough for this ballgame. Sounds like Jason Tatum, by the way, is still doubtful on that Boston side. New Orleans at Cleveland. This should be a fun one. Zion against the Cavaliers defense. This is a back-to-back, so we might not see Kevin Love, which means you should see a whole lot of Larry Nance Jr. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the Pelicans right now. I think you can buy on Brandon Ingram because I think people are going to be panicking. Try throwing out a top 50 guy and see if you can get him. Zion, we saw the good, we saw the bad. At some point, he's going to go thermonuclear on a game, and just and that'll be your time if you want to sell. Or just ride it out. It'll be fun. There's going to be percentages issues. He's not a great free throw shooter. He's going to turn the ball over a bunch, but he's crazy, man. This game, these games are appointment viewing. Just as, He has a gear that most guys don't, and then they put it in that giant frame. I mean, a little pudgy, honestly. Cavaliers, we've talked about ad nauseum. Washington, just keep an eye on the minutes. Yamahimi seems like he's trending down, although, you know, Brooke Lopez on the other side, who's going to chase him out to the perimeter? You need a little bit of size there. Is it Thomas Bryant? Washington, the, the, the number of guys on this team that I'm trusting is dwindling rapidly to Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans right now, and I'm assuming Thomas Bryant's going to get back in that mix at some point. Denver, we're just keeping an eye on who's healthy and who's not effectively I've already said I mean I've said it a million times but I'll do it one more Jokic obviously yes Will Barton obviously yes Gary Harris with a lot of guys hurt you might actually consider him right now and then if Paul Millsap is out then Jeremy Grant those of you starting Michael Porter Jr. as this team gets healthy you have bigger stones than I do but it might pay off for a game or two more while we wait on 
Millsap and or Jamal Murray and or Mason Plumley. There's still a lot of guys that are out for Denver. For Memphis, uh, just opportunities for various consistency. I mean, you knew this was going to be a thing with a young team fighting for that eighth playoff spot. They're still very much in it. Uh, the Spurs have not been great lately, and then with Aldridge out, that opens the door a little bit further. Memphis has won a couple games in a row again. They they seem pretty predictable these days. The only thing we really want is to see more DeAnthony Melton. Phoenix, we're watching Mikhail Bridges, and then Dallas. Maybe we get our first look in this one at Willie Cauley-Stein, get a rim runner in there, attack the Phoenix interior defense, which is not great. That's your Tuesday stuff. And as mentioned already, I wanted to keep this one uh, somewhat on the brief side, 30, 35 minutes, whatever number we're cruising near right now. I told you about the MyBookie contest, mybookie.ag. I told you about these shorter pods. I'm not even going to bug you for ratings and reviews. Obviously, if you want to do it, you go ahead and do it. But that's not the theme of this week. The week right now is let's get through it. Let's keep our heads held high in a very, very difficult week of basketball. By the way, I want to appreciate all of you guys that did send tweets my way just expressing that you guys enjoyed the format of yesterday's show because, I don't know, it felt disingenuous to try to just put out a regular show like nothing was going on. Not with the way things are going right now. It's too much, man. I mean, I sit on Twitter all day looking for fantasy basketball nuggets, little news items and how they might impact our various teams those are not out there right now. Go find some great tributes. Watch a couple, maybe just a couple a day. Put them in a file, I don't care. But don't go don't overload yourself. It's too much. Hug your loved ones. Tell them how you feel about them, spend extra time with them as well. Because as we learned, that was the reason that the helicopter made an appearance in the first place. That damn that damn helicopter. Oh, man. Who else has sat in front of their computer with tears just dripping off their face into their lap and thought, whatever. I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Abridged Tuesday edition. How do you sign off on a week like this? Very weird. Continues to be very, very weird. Good luck with your fantasy stuff today. Back tomorrow, I believe we will have Brandon Marcus for a little buy low, sell high. That'll help us transition back into some uh, more normal stuff. By the way, he did a wonderful job on his Clippers pod. I don't know if you guys know this, but our very own Brandon Marcus actually asked Kobe Bryant a question in the locker room one time. He tells that story on the most recent Hoopball Clippers pod, so go check that one out. Uh, tell him Dan sent you. I'm at Dan Vespers on Twitter. Give me a holler if you've got any questions or just want to talk Kobe. We'll be happy to do so. It's really all we're thinking about anyway. And with that, we'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.